It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. morning and it is indeed a good morning welcome to the final edition of light the tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com my name is craig way i thank you for joining us uh it, it is the uh, the final edition of this program jeff howe of course Uh, Wrapped up his time with the station and on the program yesterday. Jeff right now is down on campus where uh, Steve Sarkeesian is kind of having a state-of-the-team camp opening press conference. And then they have uh, some uh, media availability with uh, coaching staff members. So Jeff is down there with that. So today, as you've known for the past uh, almost three full weeks, that uh, today, August 1st, would be the final day of the the regular Monday through Friday lineup here on the Horn. Now, with Bucky and Aaron, Bucky's final day turned out to be Friday, uh, so Aaron has carried through the program through uh, today. And then, of course, this is the final day of this program. And then uh, at noon, Chad and Zay are back. They were both out yesterday. We'll be back to have one final edition of their program. And then this afternoon at 3 o'clock, uh, Rod Babers will have his final edition alongside uh, Patrick Davis with Ball Don't Lie. Mike Harge's final day was last Friday as well. So today is the final day on the program. Uh, our regular producer through all this time for the past several months, Cameron Parker's on vacation, so his time is done. But we're happy once more, speaking of happy, to have happy Jack Farrell produce us one final time. How you doing this morning, Jack? I'm feeling good. I'm as melancholy as everybody else, but <laughs> it's it's nice to be here for at least two more hours with you. Craig. I understand and glad to glad to have you with us. Um, you know, uh, they say in the in um, the um, animal business, you have emotional support dogs and things like that, and emotional support animals. Um, I have an emotional support spouse with me today, so. Uh, my wife Linda is coming to the studio. You can you, you can open her mic there to you say hello. It's okay. It's quite all right. You just speak toward the microphone. Yes, I'm here. Okay, providing support. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Now she wanted to come along, so I said yes. That's great. So I'm glad glad uh, Linda's along as well. Let me tell you what we're going to do here on this final edition program. We could at any moment between now and even the end of the show. Uh, we could at any point be vis- visiting with our old friend Gene Watson, vice president with the Kansas City Royals, uh, about today's Major League Baseball trade deadline. The deadline is at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Now, the reason why I said could, could, 
uh, visit with him at any time is because he's in the war room right now as we speak. And he said, if I get free, I'll call you. I'll be sure and call you because I'd, I'd like to visit with him one final time on the program. He said, if, if, if I get free, I'll call you. So we'll, we'll know as we go forward. Now, we've got a couple other things. We'll have some of our regular uh, features. Uh, we will have a Longhorn Notebook at the bottom of the hour. We'll have a Longhorn Notebook uh, next hour as well. We'll do that. Also, um, we're going to have one final Flex 30 update. And you'll get a kick out of it because, remember over these past few years, these, these three years as I've done the show, and even, even before I was doing the show uh, with Jeff, when I was doing that 10 to 11 high school football show here that I inherited when I came on board, uh, I would routinely refer to the computer. Now, the computer is and it is that it's a big algorithm put together uh, by our friends at pigskin prep and they come out with it every year and then the computer ranks on its algorithm and its and its formula every single high school football team in the state of Texas and every classification in every division in other words from 6A division 1 with teams like Lake Travis and Galena Park North Shore and and uh, uh, schools like that and Duncanville, all the way down to private six man, I mean all the way down. So it, it it rates every single program in the state of Texas, and and it does it during the year. And we tell you what the computer says. Also, also, it tells you every week as a measuring stick during the season what. Uh, how much better in the computer's estimation, how many points better one team is better than another. Now, some have taken that to say, oh, so it's a betting line. No, it's not a betting line. It's not a wagering line. You'll not find that line. Although <laughs> Jeff Howitt said, oh, there's some guys sitting up there by the Andice General Store or someplace like that that they may lay a gentleman's dollar on it or something like that. So they they, they might do that. But uh, no, it's it's not that. It's it's a measurement through an algorithm to show how many points one team is supposed to be better than another. And it's scary how close it is one time. There was a game last year, a playoff game. I think it was first round, maybe second round. Or Mart, the uh, proud alma mater of our good friend Quan Cosby, Mart was listed by the computer as being a 78-point favorite or listed as being 78 points better than the other school you know what the final score of that game was 78 to nothing <laughs> and and it didn't always hit it right on the head but it was pretty close anyway point being the first release of the computer has come out for august uh, for now for the soon to be here 2023 high school football season which gets underway in 24 days, 23 days, actually, for those who are playing on the uh, Thursdays. So anyway, that's <laughs> we'll, we'll have a little bit of a, uh, a reading of the tea leaves, so to speak, with that. But we're going to do there, – there's two other things I want to do today. Uh, one uh, is I've been asked this several times 
uh, over the past few years, not just you know over it late, but but folks have asked me uh, my favorite Longhorn football memories or favorite games to call and all that, and I'm going to give you a top ten, uh, my top ten favorite Texas Longhorn football moments, both as a play-by-play broadcaster, and then there'll be some when I was the analyst working with Bill Schoening. Uh, so I'm going to get I'm going to give those to you during the course of the program. But and here's here's the la- the main theme. I thought about this an awful lot yesterday and last night. I thought whether well, they want to put a whole bunch of guests on. Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Uh, do do uh, um, you know? Do I want to you know have a lot of people hop on and do this? Um, but uh, ultimately. It came down to uh, me wanting to uh, thank you, and I know there's been different ways of thanking, and I and I, and I kind of did so um, when I announced a couple of weeks ago that that uh, you know with all the things going on and and with the uh, shows and the programs going away that it would be that August first would be my final day, and I was thanking a lot of people who did a lot of things for me and with me and around me. Uh, during the course of these last three and a half years in this building. And and I'll repeat some of that. But the main thing in thanking you uh, is also to grant you uh, the wish that many of you, again, have asked of me. And and we're going to do this by way of the Specs text line at 337-3776. For example, John in the Bay says... Uh, Craig, I just want to thank you for making my commute each morning a little bit better over the past few years. Remember, he's out west, so that commute starts a little bit differently. He says, I'm certainly going to miss you and Jeff, but wish you both the best in your future endeavors. I truly appreciate you being so kind with your time the few times we've met. Hope to see you on campus later in the fall for a game. Best wishes, John in the Bay. Thank you, John. Um, Here's my opportunity to thank you a little bit. Um, uh, I will open up the uh, Specs text line. It's open. And you have the liberty of asking me anything you want to ask me. Now, there will be a couple of things that I may not be at liberty to completely uh, disclose or 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 answer, and I'll and I'll let you know that I'll say I you can't really answer that particular thing, and there's you know this or that, but anything else you've ever wanted to ask me, you have until noon. And I'll get to as many as I can on the Specs text line at 337-3776. So if you've got a question, you've always wanted, why in the world do you remember so many damn farm-to-market roads in the state of Texas? Why uh, Why do you like the Dodgers? Why do you, you know, when did you start? Why are you so into the high school mascot? Whatever it is, if you have a question that you've always wanted or have asked and I haven't gotten to or I haven't answered it, now's your time. You got an hour and fifty minutes, so you can you can do that if 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 you want to do that. We are also going to give away a uh, two more copies of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, so we're going to give away two copies of that, and we will, uh, and we'll, we'll give away uh, one this hour, and we'll give away one next hour. Uh, so we'll uh, so we'll do that, and uh, we'll we'll have some. Uh, reminiscing and some things like that. Uh, a couple of folks on the Specs Time, where do we find the Horn app 
for Android, <laughs> you're going to have the advantage of me on that. I'm not sure about for Android. I have been an iPhone guy. Uh, somebody asking, what are the origins of you being a gravy whore, as I once claimed? Uh, I just like gravy. It's where my mom made some good gravy. Linda makes fabulous gravy. You know, so, <laughs> so um, uh, I, I, I've always just liked gravy. Uh, I'll tell you another person who likes gravy. At least I'm going to guess that he does because he's a native Texan. Uh, but he's joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. As promised, he said if he got free, our good friend, on my final day here on the Horn, Gene Watson, our MLB insider, joins us. Now, you like gravy, don't you, Gino? I do, except I'm day 29 of no fried, no sweets, no alcohol, no Diet Coke. So appreciate the uh, the temptation of a wow. big bowl of Grandy's gravy with a dozen rolls every day for lunch in high school. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were on this big this this big uh, oh, diet yeah. thing. So how's it going? Oh yeah, it's going great. I'm I'm uh, I'm making great strides, but but it's like throwing a deck chair off the Queen Mary. So I got a long way to go. <laughs> okay, all right. I know you only have a few minutes. I know you're you're in the middle of it right now. Today is the major uh, league trade deadline. Uh, your your ball club yesterday made a deal uh, with the Cubs. Uh, you know, picking up uh, Nelson Velasquez uh, in, in exchange uh, and. Um, and and how how do you pronounce the young man's name that uh, you've made this deal with, that that you have sent Jose Jose Quaz, who was actually Quaz. a great story. He was an independent league sign that was actually a UPS driver uh, that that went. His brother talked him into playing independent league, and Scott Sharp, our senior vice president, assistant GM, saw videos of him. They signed him, and he was a great story. So to turn him into a twenty four year old right handed power hitting outfielder was. Uh, of significant move for us, and we're really happy with it. Yeah, well, and and you guys, I know, may not be done yet. Nobody may be done yet. I mean, there's a lot going on. We're hearing a, you know, a lot of noise, and it's... Is this, would you say, Gino, a more um, uh, active trade deadline than in recent years? And if for no other reason, because there are so many teams who have a shot... At, at at least making a wild card, so they're they're wanting to to load up for it, and the, and finally we've gotten to the point here on August first where the teams that that this have decided that they're not going to be contenders only now are they uh, ready to part with some personnel. It's really interesting. I think a lot of it is based on how teams view their upcoming schedule and how difficult or easy it may be. When you look at the Angels and the push of what Perry Manassian has done, it's just been incredible. Adding C.J. Crone and Randall Grychuk again this week with all the injuries. Taylor Ward got hit in the face with multiple fractures. But they've got the second toughest schedule in baseball. So, you know, he is obviously all in, not trading Shohei Otani. Uh, so he added to the club. I think it's been interesting how some teams that were expected to win this year are peeling back, and some teams that weren't expected to win are adding. And so the schedule and just, you know, how the fan bases have responded uh, with the attendance in some markets has certainly driven uh, the decisions that the organizations have made. But I, I think today, just just on our end, I, I think it could be one of the craziest trade deadlines. I mean, my phone rang all night long, just concepts, just, hey, if we get this guy, would you have spinning players off? There's going to be a lot of money trades where you're moving money for money. Um, 
But I think today is going to be a really, really exciting day for baseball. Uh, let me ask you about a couple of deals the Diamondbacks did. Uh, they picked up Paul Seawald from the Mariners yesterday trying to shore up their bullpen, and uh, they they return three hitters, Dominic Canzone, a rookie outfielder, Josh Rojas, utility man, Ryan Bliss, a double-A middle infielder. Clearly, uh, the Mariners are, are looking to bolster for the future there, but how about the, the D-backs and what they're trying to do with their bullpen? Uh, they're not. They're not giving up. I mean, they feel like they have a chance to get the wild card. I expect them to do something uh, more today, either with a pin or a starter. But there's a case where I mean, there was not a team in baseball that had more momentum going into this season after last season than the Seattle Mariners, and they traded their closer. And so they certainly viewed uh, the remainder of this season as you know we're going to try to burn the uh, burn at both ends and and add and for the future and maybe keep this thing going for this year, but pretty surprising move for what the expectations were going into the season for the Mariners. Well, uh, and then we kind of didn't, no surprise that, that Oakland might be making some deals. Uh, they they sent uh, reliever Sam Mall uh, to the Reds, and then the A's also traded Jace Peterson to the Diamondbacks for right-hander Chad Patrick and cash considerations. In, in the case of the Reds, here's another team that's in the thick of the fight and, and deciding that they're going all in. Yeah, and I think they're going need-based. I mean, Sam Mole's been around a little bit. He's bounced around. Uh, but I think they're going need-based uh, right now. I don't think they look at it like, hey, we're not there with Atlanta. We're not there with the Dodgers. Uh, but let's improve this team and make a push in the division and the wild card and, and see what we can do without giving up a great deal in return. And so that's really where they are with things. And I look for them to make another uh, move or two today as well. Interesting. Uh, we mentioned the Cubs deal with your ball club. They also uh, reacquired uh, uh, Candelario, Jammer Candelario, uh, from the Nationals. Six years to the day almost that they traded him to the Tigers. So the Cubs, another team, and they've been red hot, and you were just in Chicago uh, to see them or and, and saw them also on the road as well. How about the, what the Cubs are thinking about here? Yeah, amazing. And then they went on that run, winning 9 of 11 and 7 in a row, and Gene Marr is certainly the most versatile right-handed power bat that's out there. He can play some first, play some third. Uh, that ballpark, he's got a chance to go on a little tear now with that ballpark in, in the second half. And, uh, you know, he's a free agent at season's end. He's, he's highly motivated to continue to play well. And, and the Cubs have just, like with Jose Quaz and with Gene Marr Candelaria, added small pieces around that ball club to try to make incremental improvements. And, as I've said for weeks, don't count them out, and they are continuing to push. Our uh, MLB insider Gene Watson joining us here uh, talking uh, trade deadline stuff. Okay, so the Mets uh, made the deal yesterday trading Mark Canna to uh, Milwaukee for a minor league pitcher Justin Jarvis. Okay, that's one thing, and, and everybody figured the Mets were out. Now, obviously, the multi, multi, multi-million dollar question is Verlander, uh, and and the clock is ticking, and I know there are a lot of suitors out there, and I, your buddy Ken Rosenthal reported not long ago, a little while ago, that he thinks the Astros may be in best position to make that deal, even though they may not be able to give up, say, the prospect types that some other deal. Other Do, do you feel that uh, not only is he on the trading deadline, that something really indeed could happen with Verlander today? I really do think something will happen. I know the Phillies have been heavily involved. Houston, he's always obviously got a great deal of familiarity there. This is going to come down to really who can pay out the salary the most, who can pay it down the most, and what the acquisition cost is there, because that's where 
the Mets are really going to be. And they're actually here in Kansas City. I actually had uh, breakfast with their bullpen coach, Dom Cheezy, this morning. And so that's really what it's going to come down to with him, especially after moving Scherzer and, and the money that they saved on that is who's going to allow them the most savings because that if all this money is just going to be going to uh, rebuilding for for 2024 at the major league on the high end side of the major league. What, who's going to take the most money is going to be really really important with that deal. Final thing, Gino, and then I'll let you go because I know you get got to get back at it. Uh, you, you mentioned that you think there's more going to happen today. Is there a team in your mind that might be the most active today? I think the Dodgers are going to be very active today um, <clears throat> because they've got so much in capital and prospects and financially that I really think that they've got a big move in them. And right now, that's even what we're doing. We're like, I've got the board set up. We, you, you have your board of all 30 teams and the players you want to get and the players that might match. And as the days go by and the communication minimizes, you begin to pull teams off the board. And we went from 30 to about 10. And on the 10 teams, you have your players that, that you fit, and then you have your players that you would trade for underneath it. And so you're really starting to whittle things down to the sincere interest in the players that you have what the return is going to be, and then you begin to have those. I've already had conversations with four or five clubs this morning, like, you want to get this deal done, here are the players. Well, what about this deal? No, nope, we're holding hold, holding right here. And and honestly, Craig, you've got teams that, that over the years, you begin to recognize their behavioral patterns, and you just prepare for that phone call with an hour left because there are teams that want to hedge on the potential desperation of you really wanting to move this player because of money, and so you just you're ready for that. You get out in front of it. Okay, what would this team? What do they want? What are they going to come for? And we've already had a, a circumstance like that this morning where we were prepared for a team to call on a player that that they've been laying in the weeds on for a long time. And and being ready, assuming nothing, and being ready for what you want to present back to them is ultimately what my job is. I know the war room is awaiting your return. I, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, dinner at Dos Salsas is on me the next time there. Uh, and uh, and I appreciate everything, uh, as always, your contributions. Hey, can I say one thing? Yeah. Craig, I want to end with this. Hey, congratulations on you and what you did for the horn and how you cultivated the culture of that radio station and just what you brought to that station and the Austin Radio Network and you should be very proud of your work there, and you know, and I know that God's got great things ahead for you. So, I wish you the best of luck, and I can't be a wait, I can't wait to be a part of it. So. Thank you, brother. You will be. I appreciate the time as always. Hey, good hunting today. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, that's Gene Watson, who is our MLB insider. Uh, Gino, of course, uh, a, a assistant general manager of the Kansas City Royals. So uh, glad to have uh, Gino be able to weigh in with that busy time. Uh, definitely busy, busy times. Uh, the trade deadline is uh, a little over what six and a half hours uh, to to uh, uh, to ringing in. So it'll it's going to be interesting interesting to see if the Astros get a deal done for Justin Verlander or if the Rangers get some. The Rangers have been busy, obviously. So um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where else it goes. So uh, thanks so much to uh, Gene Watson joining us there. And uh, somebody on the Specs text line said, in 1983, I was in Chicago for a Cardinals-Cubs game. On Sunday, I was in the TWA Ambassadors Club 
This was pre-cell phone time. I was sharing a sofa with Joe McDonald, the Cardinals GM. He was on a landline and said, you want who? The next day, Keith Hernandez was traded to the Mets. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great memory uh, there. All right. Um, so again, to reset what we're doing here, uh, coming up bottom of the hour, we'll have uh, our first Longhorn notebook of of this final day of the program. So we will have that. We do have one final uh, edition of Inconceivable. So we have that coming up a little later on uh, this this hour. Uh, and, uh, and next hour, uh, my top 10 Longhorn football broadcasting memories. It's, it's, it's games that I was a part of because I, you know, if you say, what are the top 10 Texas Longhorn football moments of all time? Well, obviously in addition to the ones that I've been blessed and had the privilege to call, there's other ones that I was not a part of, like the shootout in 1969, which was my first, uh, memory of uh, first time I had, can recall seeing anything Texas Longhorn related, the big shootout with Arkansas in 69. I remember watching that in my parents' living room with my uncle, uh, who was from Texas, and uh, it was it was talking, and he pointed out, he said, there's the great Darrell Royal, the head coach of the Longhorns, and uh, that's Frank Broyles, who's uh, the big head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, and I didn't like the snarling pig on the side of the Razorback, of the Arkansas helmet, so... I automatically went for Texas and and just became a Longhorn fan that day back in 1969. Uh, that would be a top 10 all-time, obviously, Texas Longhorn football. 1963 National Championship, the uh, Noble Doss impossible catch against Texas A&M. All of that would factor in. I'm, I, would, I just meant top 10 moments for me as a broadcaster uh, in the booth because I've been asked that several times. And so today is the day I'll, I'll let you know that. Also, as I say... Uh, today is the day you have the opportunity to ask me whatever you want to ask me. Now, if I can answer it, I certainly will. There may be some some things that I either don't know the answer to it uh, or can't answer it <laughs> or, or might choose not to based on how it's asked and phrased and all that sort of stuff. But I'm, I'm going to give you the opportunity at least to uh, load up the Specs text line and to do that. Uh, also, like I said, we'll give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine uh, each hour. Okay, so let me see if I can um, sift through uh, some of this. Here, here's a, uh, starting at the bottom. Uh, what's your celebratory beverage or bottle of choice? Going to enjoy a pour in honor of you tonight. Thanks for everything. My mornings won't be the same. Uh, celebratory uh, beverage or bottle of choice. Um I like iced tea. I like a good ice cold orange crush. Uh, if we're talking about something uh, of the distilled, or if if it's of the fermented variety, um, I like a, a a nice glass of Cab with with dinner, uh, or a nice Chianti. I know what I do. I know who I just sounded like there. I enjoyed his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I did, I've never eaten another person's liver or I, – I, I do like fava beans, though. I've had those before. Uh, but I like Chianti with pasta. Uh, and if it's a distilled beverage, um, I, uh, I I like either a, a, a really nice uh, single malt scotch on the rocks with just a little tiny splash of water 
or uh, if it's going to be a blended one, I'm a Johnny Walker black guy. So uh, Johnny Walker black would be the red. So that's 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 what the deal is uh, with that. Uh, here's another. Craig, when did you know you wanted to do this career? Was there one specific moment where it absolutely clicked? I think so. Um, I was in middle school. Uh, well, technically in middle school, even though in, in North Carolina – Seventh, eighth, and ninth grade were junior high, which of course equates to middle school. But then, as now, your ninth grade academic record counted as your freshman academic year in high school. So it did do that. However, it was in a separate building. And I know like Stony Points had a ninth grade campus. Uh, some of the other schools around here have had ninth grade campuses. Uh, some have a ninth and tenth grade. I, it's same type of thing. And uh, on our campus, we had, and the more I think about this, I mean, this is going back 50, it'll be 50 years uh, for me uh, next year. The, well, no, year after. Uh, the, the 2024, 2025 academic and athletic school year. So it would be next, starting next fall, would be 50 years removed from this. Uh, but my junior high school, but only the ninth graders who were part of the high school curriculum uh, ran a closed-circuit television studio. And we put on every morning live, televised, to the homerooms in our school, 1,600 kids in our, home, in, in our uh, junior high, a live news, weather, and sportscast, 30 minutes. Had a couple of features in it as well. Three-camera shoot in the studio, black and white, back in the day. Uh, since it was just starting out. But we did that. I auditioned for and got the sports anchor job and uh, and did it. And we did this uh, newscast every morning. And I, I delivered the sports. So I was 14 at the time. So I kind of knew it, kind of knew it then. What really clicked in is late in that school year, we did a live telecast of the homeroom basketball tournament championship game. It was Miss Unger's homeroom against Mr. Busick's homeroom. And I got to do play-by-play on that, and that was the first time I ever really did play-by-play. And Mr. Busick's room won 21 to 14. I think Greg Willard was the high scorer in that game. Anyway, it was uh, uh, that's when it, the the play-by-play bug really and truly bit me uh, for that. So uh, I would say I would say that when I was in uh, middle school. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, well, somebody was asking about. Uh, Thank you, CB, our ever loyal CB, uh, for for the person who asked about finding the Horn app on Android. Google Play Store, you'll find it there. Um, what's the origin of say goodnight to this one? Uh, again, it it goes back to high school stuff, and it was uh, uh, it it was just something that uh, accidentally happened. Uh, I was doing games on KRLD in Dallas. We were doing a high school game of the week, and this was in 1989. Uh, it was Mesquite against Spruce. And Spruce High School had a running back slash receiver slash defensive back named Carl Richardson. He was really good. He went on and played at the University of Miami. And he had scored on what today would be described as a jet sweep, kind of an end-around type thing with a flip. And he went 80 yards for a touchdown. 
and and I called it in a conventional manner or whatever. And then in the uh, third quarter, they ran the exact same play, and he did the exact same thing, this time from 56 yards out. And as he was clear down the sidelines, uh, I could see nobody was going to catch him. And it just popped in my mind to say, say goodnight to this one, because nobody was going to catch him. And it just happened. And, and, and uh, Brad Sham, who was uh, my boss at the time, said, Where'd you come up with that? And, and I thought I thought he was going to give me some grief about it. And I said, I, I, it just came to me. He said, that's when the best things happen, when they just come to you organically. He said, so good, good on you. So that's where it happened. And I don't ever plan to say it, uh, but it does come to me in the moment if I can see that nobody's going to catch up to somebody. Uh, I've been bitten by it, I think, once. Where I said, say goodnight, and then I could see the guy coming at an angle. I said, unless so-and-so can catch him, and he ran him down at the one-yard line. So it happens, uh, that sort of thing. Um, my, my question for you is, how much does the University of Texas pay you for all your sports broadcasting? Not one dime. That's the honest-to-God truth. The University of Texas doesn't pay me. <laughs> so there you go. Um uh, 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 thanks for making two hours of the workday uh, easier to get through. Said, I'm assume you've been to Lockhart. Which barbecue joint is your favorite? I love them all, uh, and I have eaten all at all of them. Uh, uh, I've eaten at Blacks. Uh, now I've not been down to the new Terry Blacks down there, and I need to do that because I love Terry Blacks on Barton Springs. But uh, Kreitz's, Smitty's, Chisholm Trail. Uh, there were times that I liked different ones for different things. Like I liked the buffet at Chisholm Trail, but I liked the uh, sausage at Black's, and I might like the the brisket at Kreitz's or Smitty's. You know, so I, I like really enjoyed all of them, and and still do to this day. All right, that's a sampling. Of I'm going to get to more of your questions. That's what today. Uh, is about anyway. I did want to get that update on the trade deadline. We do have a Longhorn Notebook uh, coming up. We will have a Flex 30 update next hour as the computer will uh, tell you who it thinks the best high school football teams in the state are going into the year. But right now, be caller number five. You want a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 to win a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine from the Horn. Rock the tower. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life This is Light the Tower on the Horn. I did not know that this song, Good Riddance from Green Day, was a personal favorite. Of our producer, Happy Jack Farrell. How about that? Yeah, Green Day, man. Like my favorite band from ages, shoot, 12 to, to 14. Huge, that huge, was it? Uh, one of the last rock bands that uh, still existed towards that? the end of my adolescence. Uh, my wife, Linda, who is here to witness this final day, uh, 
She's. Uh, you, you, were you a Green Day fan or your daughter, Laura, a Green Day fan? I think we both were. Wait a minute. Let's get a mic on now. Oh. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah, we both were. We both like Green Day. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so you've been kind of keeping an eye on the Specs text line, which has been pretty busy. I'm going to hop back on it here in a minute. I know. I've been, what are you saying? Everyone's been so friendly and welcoming to me. That was that was really surprising. <laughs> I care. Really appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, it's it's good, and and uh, I'm I'm glad uh, folks have been welcoming yes. uh, here on this uh, final Very day. Uh, let's uh, let's roll into our Longhorn Notebook. Yeah. Longhorn Notebook. Uh, so it's the first of our final two Longhorn Notebooks, and uh, this one is basically about more. Um, Football preseason stuff. Because that is, after all, what we're talking It's the whole preseason right now. High school football practices are underway. Tomorrow, the Longhorns hit the field for practice. Right now, as we speak, Sark is doing a uh, his camp opening press conference over on campus right now. And uh, toward that end, two more Longhorns have come in for preseason honors. Uh, you know, the Maxwell Award is one of those national player of the year awards and i've had a lot of people ask me um uh and ask us over the years and not just me or not just jeff or uh but also others who have worked here on the station about the retired numbers inside of dkr texas memorial stadium and it requires uh winning a national player of the year award not necessarily the heisman trophy it, it, as long as it's a National Player of the Year award. For example, uh, Vince Young won a Walter Camp Award and a Maxwell Award uh, and his name up there. But, you know, uh, that it, it that, that what didn't, of course, include the Heisman Trophy. But, of course, Ricky Williams and Earl Campbell's names are up there as Heisman Trophy winners. Well, uh, Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers both have been had their names placed on the watch list for the Maxwell Award, uh, which is given to the College Player of the Year since 1937, one year after the Heisman started. And uh, X was named to the preseason watch list for the second straight year, and Quinn Ewers named to the watch list for the first time in his career. So that's just, you know, more that and, as we know, Linda and I stopped at Starbucks on the way in, and and that and $6.15 will get you what Linda has from Starbucks. You want to tell everybody what your your beverage of choice is from Starbucks? Yeah, it's not too fussy. I mean... Some would say. <laughs> Go on. So, triple grande, non-fat. Tri- all right, first of all, triple grande for folks who don't know that. Three means, shots. That's three shots of espresso. espresso. All right, and a grande, which is the medium-sized drink, the 16-ounce, right. right? Yes. All right, so three shots of espresso into that. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. Non-fat milk. Okay, non-fat. Yeah. Two raw sugars. And then two uh, two packets sugar of sugar in the raw, in the raw stirred mm-hmm. in. Yes. Triple grande, non-fat, two raw sugar latte. I have learned about that from her over time. It was like, <laughs> if we're going to get married, you're going to have to you're going to have to learn this, and so I did. Uh, so you're a quick study, so try to be. Uh, okay, back to the text line because I know several of you have questions. Like I said, I'll get to as many as I can today. And it's quite simple. If you have something you've always wanted to ask me uh, or just something that occurred to you to ask me before I get done uh, here at the Horn, what will it be? Longhorn Fan in Denton says, what's your favorite place to eat all time in Denton? I know you mentioned Independent Hamburger Company. That'd be right up there. Uh, I used to love to go to Texas Pickup when it was there. And 
they get caught fire later and in there. But but Denton Independent Hamburger uh, Company, Mike Barnett and his crew, they do a great job there. Linda lived in Denton for several years. Is yes. that where, was there a specific place you liked more than any other? Oh, Denton Independent Hamburger Company was really on my list for sure. Skip Johnson, the head coach at Oklahoma, was a big DIC guy. I also, when I was up there, liked going out. It's no longer in business anymore. The Clay Pot Eatery in Crum, uh, where you could just eat tons, you know, and they had that big giant block of cheese on your table and you would get that, eat off of that. The Ponder Steakhouse and Club, where not only could you get a good steak, but you could get alligator, calf fries, lamb fries, rattlesnake, and then other corn-fed beef, too. I that. think this was after your time, but Mr. Chopsticks. Mr. Chopsticks. The uh, best chicken fried rice you ever Came had. after me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, wife and I are expecting... Our first child come October. Any advice for a new father to be? This is going to sound a little cheeky, but it but there's really some truth in it. Most of the time, most of the time, do whatever your wife says on that. And the only reason I say that, it was going to sound cheeky, but here's what I mean by that. There's a constructive purpose by that. She has a better handle on what's going on with the newborn and how to deal with the newborn. So if she says go and do this, go and do it. Um, I will also add this. Try not to over-freak out early on on little things. Trust your instincts on a lot, but try not to you know, worry too much if the child sleeps a little more or not as much as you think. And I know you can read all the, the guides and things like that. Is there anything you would add to that, Linda, about? I think being, that's great advice. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> listen to the mom. Okay, all right. Cool. Uh, yeah, so there's that. All right. Uh, where did the nicknames Zeke and Zonk come from? I don't think I ever heard the stories from Greg, Greg Swindell and Keith Moreland. Uh, thanks, I'll miss hearing your voice. Um, I forgot the Zeke story, and, and if he's listening, Zeke, you can let me know. Uh, for Keith, uh, Zonk, it was a nickname given him uh, the character Zonk from Mike Schmidt when he played with the Phillies. Here's one of my favorite gravy food items. Loco Moco, a staple in Hawaii. Yes, it is. Bed of white rice, one pound Angus beef patty, two sunny side eggs, and top of brown gravy. So good. Must try if you've ever out there. I've been out there. I have tried it. I completely agree with you. I have a sister who lives in Kona. My late mom, who passed away last November, lived out there as well. And I tried the Loco Moco and loved it. I like the pancakes, the macadamia nut and coconut with coconut syrup pancakes better, but I had that the next day. The the um the loco moco is is really good on that. Uh <laughs> somebody, oh, you had me at Grandy's gravy and rolls. That was it, Gene Watson. Haven't thought about Grandy's in years, somebody else mentioned. Uh Randy from Ohio moved out here eight years ago in sales. I do quite a bit of driving, listening to you and Jeff. Uh thank you. You would thank you. Um Somebody said they don't sell old shoes because I. Then we had that one promo where I said I like gravy so much. I said I would have gravy on an old shoe or a hockey puck or something like that. Um, from Matt, went to my first Longhorn basketball game this year. Good, good for you. Uh, as I sat there, I wondered where is Craigway, and there he was, seven rows in front of me, doing his job like he always does. Made me think of the job he's done in the past, present, future. I appreciate that. Thank you, and it's. In a lot of cases, I have the best seat in the house. Not always. I, it, it, Texas, I have great broadcast positions. 
Um, other places in the Big 12, some are better than others, some significantly better than others, or more to the point, some significantly lower and not nearly as good as others. I'm looking at you, TCU. <laughs> Name the sport. The football boots in the lower, it's in a low point and down in the corner of an end zone right near the speaker there. But you adjust. Um, so... And we've talked about the baseball broadcast position for visiting radio being up in the stands. Actually, that can get interesting. Uh, Dan the Man, thank you for the kind words. Uh, as fellow Dodger fans who say go blue, I you know uh, I said congratulations to you and Linda on your partnership. Hey, I I hope uh, that they do make a deal today. I don't know. I mean, you know, of course, Gene's in on that stuff. He hears it. Uh, mentors says the Mercer Mafia. Uh, the two big mentors in uh, my life. You mentioned Bill Mercer. 96 years and still cranking out hilarious emails uh, that I get from him from time to time. Uh, Bill Mercer, who uh, uh, was a uh, he's a World War II veteran on a gunboat in the Pacific there, he always told the story about how if, if you're a, a follower or a devotee of U.S. history, and especially military history in World War II, you know that famous shot of General MacArthur wading ashore, the famous I shall return thing of the Philippines in 1944, and the cameras are showing him waiting. Bill Mercer was with a gunboat crew that he said was was 100 yards up the shore, and he said <laughs> the Japanese were still shooting at us. He said we'd cleared off enough of a beachhead for MacArthur to get way to shore and have the Stars and Stripes cameras shooting all that, and then they got him out of there pretty quickly. While it went, but he was a great broadcaster. Uh, did the Dallas Cowboys in the '60s? He called the Cowboys broadcast of the Ice Bowl. But he was more than that. He was also uh, a great newsman, and was one of the one of the reporters on duty for KRLD TV and television with the Kennedy assassination, which is coming up on its 60th anniversary in November, and was interviewed for a big documentary that's coming up on that, and was a co-author along with three other gentlemen of a book called When the News Went Live. And if you haven't read that book, it's a great book on the the, the Kennedy assassination weekend. But he was uh, a uh, uh, did the Dallas Cowboys and uh, did their play-by-play through their first Super Bowl victory, then moved over because he was always, he said, a baseball guy at heart, was the Texas Rangers' first broadcaster in 72 and 73. We worked with Don Drysdale, then worked with the, the late Dick Reisenhoover, who came in and worked with him there. He went to Chicago, worked with Harry Carey on the White Sox for a couple of years, which he said were largely forgettable years <laughs> working with Harry Carey. But he taught at North Texas for over 40 years and was the uh, voice of the University of North Texas, uh, Mean Green Eagles, for 35 years. He was my first mentor, obviously Brad Sham, uh, my boss for seven years, and uh, learned an awful lot from him, and and still do to this day. And we stay in regular contact. There, th- those are two of my mentors. All right, so there's some um, some sampling of. It. I'm going to get to as many of your texts because I said this is for you today. You can ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll try to get to as much as I can all the way through the rest of the show. Up next, one final inconceivable. When we continue to light the tower on the horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. One final time, it will mean all manner of things. 
inconceivable. And uh, I want to start with something that I meant to get to the other day. Did not have a chance to get to it. But my youngest son, Jason, brought it up at the dinner table last night. And I got to say, pretty much grossed out the missus. Uh, and, and we'll get your comments on this, Linda. Um, first of all, let me ask Jack. Uh, how are you on, like, candy? You like candy? I'm not a huge sweets guy, but I'm also not opposed generally. Where do you stand with Skittles? The the older I get, the less I'm less okay. I'm a fan. I would okay. say. Would, would this change your fandom, anyway, shape or form, to know that there's a brand new flavor of Skittles, mustard flavor? You know what? I, anytime I see something gross like that, my inclination is I need to try that. Like if they, if I am at a bar or just something, just to see how see truly bad it is. The pickle juice beer, I'm gonna yeah. try it. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll go try anything once. And uh, I like mustard. I like yellow mustard, yeah. brown mustard. Yeah. The Bijan mustardson was delicious yeah. uh, when they had that. So I am all in. I will try a uh, a mustard skittle. So would I. Let me tell you who won't. <laughs> Hard pass. But you don't like mustard, is it? I don't stands. like yellow mustard. Okay, you like brown mustard. She'd be okay with a Bijan mustardson. Yeah, but not. Yellow, but not a skittle. Okay, no mustard should be a skittle. Okay, all right. So on National Mustard Day last weekend, they they created mustard skittles. Nabisco did, our French's did. Excuse me. It said we've added our own flavorful shade of yellow to this fun size staple, crafting a sweet and savory treat that's sure to tang up your taste buds. Uh, No, no. Okay, all right. Um, Not for me. All right. Okay. I'm just kind of <laughs> curious about that. Uh, and and apparently there's somebody who agrees with you, a columnist who in Minneapolis, who whose headline is, Mustard and Skittles is the devil's work, is what he says. That's a good way of putting it. He says, Skittles candy is releasing a new flavor, mustard. Why? What sins have we committed to deserve these sadistic confectionery combos? This is the point where someone says, actually, mustard candy is quite popular in Scandinavia. And you say, sure, they probably have herring popsicles, but this is America, where mustard and candy occupied the never the twain shall meet category. So that was how his his column went with that. I'm willing to give it a shot. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm willing to try it and just see. Um, meanwhile, it wouldn't be a, uh, inconceivable, even the final one ever on this radio station <laughs> without a fast food note. Uh, Jack, Whataburger? Oh yeah. My first job. I love Whataburger. I swear every, every swear by it. It's my number one. Did you work? You said your first job. Yep. It's, uh, you worked 17 at Whataburger? years old. I worked at the Whataburger on Anderson Lane right here in Austin. I know the one you're talking about. I've, I've, all right, what's your favorite Whataburger? The Monterey Melt. Right. Monterey Melt, easy. I, I Is that a pray every night. Now? It was an all-time favorite. Yeah. They took it away from me. That's how I'm And I Chop haven't House had it in years. That's another one. Those are the two that people always say, bring those back. Yeah, yeah. But yes, Whataburger, hard yes. Well, National Whataburger Day uh, is, is coming up where uh, the Active Rewards members who have the app can enjoy a free Whataburger through the app next Monday and Tuesday, no purchase. So um, Linda had a, had had an appointment with a doctor the other day, and then when I went to pick her up afterwards, you were hungry. Yeah. What, what did we do? 
We we went to Whataburger. Went to Whataburger. Of course. Yeah. And Linda doesn't normally have a real big appetite. So like a Whataburger Junior is enough, sometimes even more than enough. For, yeah, she got halfway through a patty melt. <laughs> it was good. She's hungry. So I you like love the patty pepper, melt. Pepper sauce. The, the creamy pepper, yes. Yeah, I buy that at H E B all the time. Yeah. With the patty melt, I add the grilled jalapenos along with wow. the grilled onions. It's she likes the chopped cream. onions on that. Yes, yes. And then the thing I tried the other day, they apparently have a BLT now. And I tried it. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, National Whataburger Day, and that's uh, coming up. Um, the, I got two other things. One, it's kind of gross, um, but it's kind of important uh, to mention this. Um, even though this isn't Friday, and you know what we do on Friday. What do we do on Friday with Inconceivable? Florida man, or is this yeah, the flaccidity? Yeah, 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 flaccidity. Yeah, it's the, you know, um, the most flaccid of the uh, lower 48, as Jeff would say. Um, this isn't about a specific Florida man or woman, but it could get to it, and it kind of almost seems logical that it would happen in Florida. Uh, according to a letter published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, we all became very, very familiar with the CDC during the pandemic, if you weren't before. Florida is seeing a rise in cases of leprosy. Yeah, leprosy. Wow. As in the biblical wow. sense. Bi- bi- yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you always remember that line from MASH, where they were trying, where Hawkeye was kind of offending Father Mulcahy because he was on like a bathing strike, and he wasn't bathing. And Father Mulcahy asked him to move down, and he said, you know, Jesus ate with the lepers. And he said, well, he was an extremely good sport. And uh, so Florida is seeing a rise in leprosy cases that the disease is becoming endemic in the Sunshine States, also known as Hansen's disease, caused by uh, a bacteria, Microbacterium leprae, and characterized by the discolored patches of skin, ulcers, lumps, and damage to the nerves. CDC says if untreated, the disease can progress to paralysis, blindness, the loss of one's eyebrows, physical disfigurement, and even the shortening of toes and fingers due to reabsorption. So um, just they, they say disease first appeared in the state in 1921. 159 cases were reported in 2020. Florida was at the top of the list of the states with the most new cases. So um, just understand something else to keep in mind about Florida. If you had it down there, leprosy is on the rise. Okay, so the final thing I have here, because this is the last Florida man thing, and it's the last, the uh, final ever inconceivable, I thought I'd go back and revisit what are called the nine greatest Florida man headlines of all time. These are the headlines. Okay? These are the nine greatest ones. Here's one. Number one, Florida man threw live gator in Wendy's drive-thru window. I remember we did that story. (laughs) But a guy threw, he chucked an alligator through the drive-thru window. According to his court case, the man professed that he'd done it simply because... So his sentence was not very long as as well, but there it was. Um, Florida cop claims Burger King put dirt on his food. Wow. Now, I understand if there's something that turns you off to Burger King, but to say that, serious investigations took place. It revealed to be just seasoning. 
That's what it was. It was seasoning. Not dirt. No. Inmate insists syringes pulled from rectum aren't his. I don't know how they got there. <laughs> Not my syringes. That's a classic circumstance we all find ourselves in. Absolutely. <laughs> That's Tuesday. Yeah. You know. Drunken Florida man on Segway charged with DUI. On a Segway. Can happen. Florida man tries to evade arrest by cartwheeling away from cops. I'm going to get away from you. I'm just going to do <laughs> cartwheels. I'm just going to keep doing cartwheels. I'm going to get away from you. Eventually captured. Received a charge for battery of an officer. Um, so, yeah. Florida man calls 911, says he needs a ride to Hooters. Got to get there in time for that. That's an emergency. Florida couple <laughs> trapped in an unlocked closet for two days. Unlocked. We're trapped! How about turn the door and open the door? Uh, Florida man posing as an officer pulls over an off-duty sheriff's deputy. <laughs> the reason why I stopped you is, yeah, why did you stop me? Well... It did turn out to be an actual police car, and so it led to his arrest. And finally, Florida man attempting to time travel crashes into a strip mall. Uh, He was arrested after driving his his car into a mall in an attempt to time travel. In the way that's done, he was trying to do 88 miles per hour. Back to the future. Get the, the 1 million gigawatts of electricity. He went straight into the mall. Yeah. Didn't work. Was he driving a DeLorean? I don't know. It just says he's driving his car. So there's your uh, Florida, the top nine Florida man headlines. My top ten Longhorn football broadcast moments are coming up. And more of the questions you've always wanted to ask me here. When we continue with Light the Tower, here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260, on the Horn app, and at hornfm.com.